Have you ever found yourself in a state of constipation for two and a half years? I have. Have you ever been forced to stand over a man in a bathtub and piss on his chest? I have. We're just getting right the fuck into it this week. I know what brought you here. You're here to hear about the kinks I've experienced with. And let me tell you, it's a fucking roller coaster. There's so much to cover. There are so many stories. And I promise you, some of these you're not going to believe. And I wish and I hope maybe one day I can receive the confirmation to secure my credibility in this and or find some receipts for you guys, even though I'm kind of outing myself in the process. But holy shit, strap the fuck in. Now, this week is kind of going to be a twofer. We're going to get a really in-depth look at my relationship with Lance, and we're also going to talk about some kinks. I'm going to focus on the two that I've experienced personally because I don't want to speak for other people or incorrectly speak on kinks or fetishes. I've done a little bit of research on some that aren't very mainstream, that are still very taboo, and we'll touch on those, but I really want (laughs) to focus on what I can speak on from experience just because there's so much crazy shit that went down. So I just want to give some background and history on my relationship with Lance. We met when I was fresh 18. I mean, I had just graduated high school like the week prior to us meeting and we were strictly fuck buddies on and off for about two years until I got into a long-term relationship that ended up severing the physical relationship I had with Lance. At that time, I knew of a certain fetish that he had, but I wasn't personally exposed to it. I just heard about it and it was almost presented to me as a joke. So I didn't really believe it until about five years after that when we started dating and getting into the more intimate details of what we like sexually. And I I was a little blown away. I'm not going to lie. I don't like to kink shame. I don't think it's right. But I also do feel like no one should be forced into participating in a fetish that they're not comfortable with, which is sort of what ended up happening. Honestly, a little bit on both of our ends. We both had very specific fetishes for each of us, and I don't think either of us were fully comfortable with the other. So from the beginning, he knew that I was into a more rough style of sex and that I really appreciated the man involved to be sort of an alpha male and a little controlling sexually. Let me just put that out there. And he seemed okay with it, but his execution really wasn't that great. He's just more of a submissive human kind of. He's not very confrontational in day-to-day life, which makes it a little hard to then in the bedroom try to be this big bad alpha male and it was fine and it was what it was but as things progressed and he really introduced me to his fetish I decided to introduce mine now his fetish is what's called EFRO and it's an acronym E-F-R-O and it stands for erotic female relieving observance. So what that means is that a person will get aroused from watching a female either urinate or defecate. Now, there is a clear definition between ephro and scat fetishes where there's actual touching of shit, literally, and like smearing and eating and all that he that it was not like that as far as I know now with that being said he was always very adamant that it was cut off at observing and that he had no desire to be like shit on or anything like that and I truly believed that however He also told me this 
in regards to piss, which then about, I want to say, two or three months in was uncovered that that wasn't true. And he did have a desire to be pissed on. So I guess we'll never really know the truth. But here is my experience with Efro. One question that I had for Lance when we started dating was why his bathroom door did not have a doorknob on it. Like it was just the hole where a doorknob would go. And this was only in the master bathroom that was attached to his bedroom. None of the other doors in the house had missing doorknobs except for this door. Well, it turned out this was actually a very strategic move. And at first, before I was really brought into this world of Afro, he told me that he was planning on redoing the bedroom design and wanted something that would match both the bedroom and the bathroom since they were connected. And I don't know why that didn't make me question what he was saying because it really makes no sense. You can go get a doorknob for like 10 bucks and then replace it later. It wasn't like he had plans to renovate his bedroom the next you know month or anywhere in the foreseeable future. But I guess at the time, I really didn't have a reason to not believe that. And I just went along with it and didn't think much of it until a month or two down the road. At that point, he had admitted to me that if you position yourself correctly on the bed, you can see right through that door hole and it kind of lines up just the right way where it's a clear shot to the toilet. And that freaked me out and concerned me and made me question if he was ever like lurking in the bedroom watching me go to the bathroom. Like it just felt like a weird violation of privacy, even though, you know, obviously it was his house. It just felt creepy, but we were so fresh into the relationship. I didn't feel right calling him out on it at that point. And the funny part too is that I clearly wasn't the only one that felt this way. When we were going through our fuck buddy phase, there was a girl he was dating, ended up cheating on her with me, told me they were broken up. I guess they weren't. It was a whole mini drama series. But her and I actually did speak a few times back then. And this is going back eight, nine years. However, he had introduced this fetish to her. She was not on board. She went to the bathroom one day and locked the bedroom door, which was a very intelligent move, knowing how he is. And he picked the lock. And when she came out of the bathroom, he was laying on the bed. I don't know if he had been watching her or just listening to her or whatever, but apparently it caused a huge fight, rightfully so. And again, I'm not one to kink shame, but that is clearly forcing something on someone. And I hate to use the word consent and I won't, but I don't care how safe you think your fetish is, how normal you think your fetish is. That's fine. But I guarantee you and I'm certain that there are people out there that share that fetish with you who would be more than happy to accommodate your needs. But forcing someone into that, there's no excuse. There's nothing okay about that. And that was the situation that both her and I, as well as some other exes that I had spoken to, that's the situation we were put in. Now that I have my little disclaimer out of the way, I I don't want to make this a negative story time because there are a lot of funny stories. And I don't want to act like I didn't willingly participate in these things. However, this particular fetish was not mine. I had no interest in it. I was, in fact, turned off by it. But that doesn't mean that there aren't people out there who can find other people who are also 
into the same fetishes and they can enjoy them together. So I don't want to shame. It's not that I think even Lance, who I'm not on speaking terms with, I have terrible feelings towards even him. I don't want to kink shame him. This is not the point of this. It's to bring light to the fetish itself because a lot of people don't know about it. And I'm really interested to understand the psychology behind it because I just don't get it. And I, maybe it's just not my thing. I don't know. But it is interesting to me on out of everything why that is what turns him and other people who share this fetish on. So I will attempt to make these stories as comical as possible. However, I do need to point out that there were times in this where I was incredibly uncomfortable. Now, I think it's important if you agree to explore a fetish with your partner that you do so, you follow through with being open-minded, and that doesn't mean that you can't try something not like it and decide not to do it again or set limits to what you're comfortable with, but a lot of the problems in our relationship as far as fetishes go was we both would kind of act like we were okay with it and when push came to shove those areas of our sex life would be neglected and the expectation was set that they were going to be satisfied and then they never were. So I'm going to be as open and honest as I possibly can and I will admit there are times where even though I didn't want to do his fetish, there was nothing sexy to me about sitting backwards on a toilet and having his head by my ass watching me shit. That wasn't appealing to me, but it was important to me to be sexually open-minded because that is something that I'm about. And not that I ever thought I would magically discover, oh, I'm into this, but I felt in that particular situation and in that relationship, it was important to not neglect sexual needs or desires. And I think part of me felt like maybe at some point we would come to some sort of like happy medium. Unfortunately, that never happened really on either end. So once I had found out exactly what his kink was, what it entailed, and kind of the tip of the iceberg of what he wanted out of it, I decided to open up about my kinks, which are more along the BDSM lines. At the time, I was working an extremely stressful job, and I felt like I always had to juggle so much. I was in school. I was working. I was going through legal battles. There was so much going on that I wanted to be able to give up control to somebody is where I think it really kind of spawned from. And it was almost like an emotional release along with the sexual release. And I've always found, like I said earlier, the more alpha male types just sexier. I, I'm such an anti-feminist that like I totally believe in gender roles and how like the man should be masculine. I mean, and not that there's anything wrong with not being masculine. I'm just saying my sexual preference is that. Now, as long as we had known each other, we had both been very sexual human beings and very open-minded, but the problem came in with I think almost our ability to deliver these specific kinks to one another. And the problem on my end was I just don't find anything sexy about bodily waste. I guess like I just, I couldn't understand it. And I think the more that it felt forced upon me, the more I resisted against it because I just, I, th- I think if I would have understood it more and maybe if I had done some more research, I would have been able to be a little more comfortable, but that never happened. So 
I don't know. It's really hard to say. However, on his end with my kinks, I think part of the problem, a large part of the problem is him not being a confrontational person just by nature. However, we had some really nasty fights a lot and he had no problem being confrontational with me like one-on-one. So I, I don't know if trying to do this when we were in a good place is kind of what threw it off maybe, but he's also not a very masculine person. Um, There are masculine traits to him. There are things, you know, quote unquote man work that he is good at, but generally speaking, he's not the alpha type. He's not the more kind of rugged personality, I guess you could call it, that I would need to be able to satisfy this particular fetish. And here's where things get a little interesting and go off-road a little bit away from the sexual talk for just a moment, just so I can explain exactly what I mean here and also to explain where this nickname came from. So without giving an exact number, I will just say Lance is in his 30s, meaning he was able to enjoy the era of NSYNC like a lot of us were. However, he became a little obsessed (laughs) and learned the choreography to some of the songs, which at the time he was a teenager, okay, whatever. But even now into his, you know, mid-adulthood, I guess you could call it, He still has the choreography memorized, which I guess is impressive memory, Uh, but he also is pretty proud of that and does still perform it for anyone who is willing to watch it. And that, mixed with the amount of times his sexual orientation has been questioned by many people in his life... I figured Lance would be a good name. Um, I don't want to stroke his ego too much by giving him like JT status. And also it is a little creepy. Both he and Lance Bass have a very similar, like very big cheesy smile. So like there are some similar like physical traits as well. And it just seemed to match really well. So that's how Lance became Lance. And that also is kind of a little bit of a snapshot of what level of masculinity I was dealing with. The first real time that we were both exposed to each other's fetishes in a a pretty mild way was actually the same night. So about two months into our relationship, We decided to have a night that was just purely sexual, and there was a goal set. There was a goal set that I was supposed to have 23 orgasms in one night, which I know what you're thinking, and I know you're rolling your eyes at me right now. Um, I didn't. And yes, there were times where I pretended like I came just to like play along and not ruin the mood. But no, I did not have 23 orgasms in one night, and... I don't even know where this number came from. Um, it was a number that he threw out there, but I don't I don't really know the reasoning behind 23 specifically. But anyway, it was a good night. It was a fun night. There was a lot of alcohol involved. And we also decided before we started the evening to go to two different sex shops and get some toys. Now, I have to admit it was kind of hot and it was kind of fun to go together to pick out this shit. And there was some stuff that I had already ordered online. Um, There was like handcuffs, paddles, I forget what else, but more of the like actual sex toys. Like we had gotten some vibrators, we got anal beads, we got lube, like flavored lube, blowjob pop rocks, which that was a nightmare. Um, But... There was a huge variety of sex toys and and things to use in the bedroom that we decided to acquire. 
And one of the sex shops we went to, we got this like wand, like a vibrating wand. It's really hard to explain, but that that's kind of irrelevant to the story. So we go up and the cashier, who is a man probably in like his late 50s, asks if we want him to test it before we buy it. And both of us kind of looked at each other and then looked at him and we were just really confused. So they have a no return policy, obviously. And at the cash register, they have a container of batteries that they use to test the toys before the purchase is actually made to ensure that they are in proper working order. Now, this vibrating wand had three different speeds and five different settings, and he made sure every speed and every setting worked while we just stood there and watched him dial through all of these settings. It was the most awkward sex toy experience of my life. Well, the second most awkward sex toy experience of my life. And just because this will bother me if I don't clarify, when I say a vibrating wand, I don't mean like the actual like wands. I mean, this thing was like an insertable. It almost looked like a dildo version of anal beads, but it vibrated. It it was very odd and we really didn't use it that many times. But anyway, that experience was awkward, but nothing has topped or will ever top the time that happened during this night where I had a vibrator stuck in my ass. Yes, in my ass. Stuck, completely inserted in my body. Now, when we bought the flavored loops, they were like this little trial set. There was like, I don't know, four or five different flavors, which come to think of it, we never used once. But it came with a little bonus gift of this little mini vibrator. And some people will know what I'm talking about. If you don't Google it, it will give you a better visualization. So to give an idea of the size of this vibrator, think back to the lipstick candies. And again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just Google lipstick candy and You'll see what I mean. They were in those little tubes that had just like a solid color to them. And they were just these little bitty things you could fit in your jean pocket. That was the size of this vibrator and pretty much the shape too. Actually, the vibrator might have been even just a little bit smaller than that. Clearly, this was made for clit stimulation, which is how it started that evening. Thankfully, this happened near the end of the night. I think we were on orgasm like 20. I don't know. I lost track of real versus the official tally. But I we were having sex. I was on top and he had this vibrator in his hand and had reached around and just like barely put the end of it in my ass. And I mean, it was Fine. Like it, it was almost unnoticeable just because it was this little teeny tiny like non-replaceable battery thing. Like it's not like it was this high powered $100 sex toy. It was enough to kind of notice it was there and it was fine. It just wasn't the priority of what I was paying attention to at that moment. Now, after this sex session was over... We got to a point, we got up, and I realized we were standing face to face. We were no longer touching each other, but my asshole was still vibrating, and there was nothing actually, like, sticking out of it. I think he started to pick up on what I was noticing. I I don't know if he thought I wouldn't notice. I I don't really know what the plan was on his end, but he told me that at one point or another, he quote-unquote lost the vibrator and I guess with the angle I was at and the 
depth and whatever physics goes behind the force of the fuck, my asshole sucked up this fucking vibrator, basically, is what happened. And I start panicking. And I try to reach up to retrieve this green little vibrating monster from my asshole. And I make it worse. This fucker ends up turning horizontal. So this vibrator is now sideways in my ass. I can't get it out. It's further up than it started. And I'm on the brink of tears thinking that I'm going to have to go to the hospital and explain what happened while my ass is still vibrating with this sex toy inside of me. Just the horror. I mean, obviously, I wasn't scared about it not coming out. I know there's obviously ways to get it out. But just having to admit that to a triage nurse, fucking horrifying. At this point, he's not outwardly laughing, but he's finding this situation comical. I'm I'm terrified. I'm in a full-blown panic. I'm trying to think of anything I can to be able to get this vibrator out of my ass at home and not have to go to the hospital to get this fucking thing taken out of me. And he suggests that the only possible way to do that is to let nature take its course and squat while bearing down to essentially shit this vibrator out of my body. I will admit I pretty much immediately agreed just because I had no better idea and I wanted this thing out of me as soon as possible. And mind you, this entire time it's still vibrating. So I'm trying to juggle these emotions of being like about to come and then also panicking that I'm going to die with a vibrator in my ass because I would sooner hang myself than go to the hospital and have this thing removed. Of course, given his fetish, he insists on being in the bathroom while I'm trying to do this and in fact encourages me to try to shit out the vibrator on the floor, which I immediately shot down because I'm also terrified. Like, this thing is vibrating inside of me. Like, what if it's, like, loosening up anything else that's up there and, like, this vibrator is going to pop out on the floor and then, like, whatever else is going to come out. I didn't want to know. I just needed to get this out as simply and as quickly as possible with any sliver of dignity I could try to save. So we compromised and I sat over like the toilet and was eventually able to get this thing out. It probably took more pushes than childbirth. Like this was a process. It was almost like an Olympic sport because keep in mind, not only did I have to push this thing out, I had to try to shift this thing from horizontal to vertical. It's like the vibrator was breached and I had to straighten it out so that this baby vibrator was born tip first. After witnessing this, which I mean, he wasn't really watching me shit, but he was watching me push something out of my asshole. So I guess it was close enough for him. He did insist on like watching it. And at that point, I didn't care. Given the circumstances, it's very similar to like when you give birth, like you get to a point where you don't give a shit. You just need to get something out of your body and you don't care who sees. And that's where I was at. But once it was out, I was able to kind of actually pay attention to him since I was relieved and he was so fucking turned on. He was raging hard and we went on like immediately to have the next round of sex and I gotta say, yes, that was a horrible experience and yes, it was extremely awkward, but because it was also kind of funny after everything was said and done, it was kind of hot that he was that turned on. And maybe that makes me weird. I don't know. But it wasn't the fact that I was turned on that he was watching me do this. It was the response that he had. So this was unfortunately not the only and noteworthy experience of the night. 
And it also was not the only time that I got the shit end of the stick. No pun intended. But circling back to the sex shop adventure and the blowjob pop rocks that we got, it was intriguing, but I felt like there had to be something more to it. Like, if you think about pop rocks, they're sort of like teeny tiny rubber band snaps. And I can't imagine that that would feel good on a dick. Not, I mean, I don't have a dick, so I can't relate, but it just doesn't sound appealing. So we decided to try them out. And I believe this was actually before the whole ass vibrator drama, <laughs> but I throw these pop rocks and I mean, they, they look and they feel just like pop rocks, which now I'm curious if you could just do this with pop rocks, but I probably wouldn't recommend it just in case there's like a different ingredient or something in it. But I threw these pop rocks in my mouth. They start popping. I start sucking his dick and he loves it. He thinks it's great. Maybe it might have been like a slightly milder popping. I mean, this was a few years ago, so it's kind of hard to remember that specific of a detail. But all I know is that he thought it was the greatest thing ever. Now, these are blowjob pop rocks. So in a blowjob, you are sucking a dick. For whatever reason, Lance thought that these could double as clit licking rocks. Let me tell you something. We already discussed how sensitive a clit is last episode and how sucking on it too hard is painful. Imagine fucking pop rocks on your clits. Again, very similar to a rubber band snap type feeling. And you can't really control it because with a dick, everything is pretty much outward and kind of smooth, a single surface with the exception of the tip. But when you have a vagina and you have the vulva and you have clits, you have so many little like cracks and crevices that these fuckers can kind of sink into. And once the right amount of moisture hits them, they start popping. I didn't even remember that I had them in there. Hours later, there's just this fucking like popping on my fucking labia. It's fucking terrible. So if you are considering putting pop rocks in your mouth before you go down on a woman, don't fucking do it. Now, I really could spend an entire episode or two on this night alone, but I want to move on a little bit just to give you an idea of just how far this fetish started to go and to try to understand how I attempted to work it into my relationship, but how it also almost was taken advantage of and used as a manipulation tool. Now, it had really started to come out on this night that I spoke about, the night of 23, and shortly thereafter in the coming days and weeks about what I liked and how I wanted tied up, I wanted spanked, I wanted choked, I wanted dominated, I wanted all of these things, and it kind of was this unspoken agreement of if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. So it seemed like if one of us was doing the other's fetish, the other would reciprocate. And at that point in time, the furthest it had gone with Lance and his fetish was allowing him to watch me piss. Like that's as far as it went. And this was about, I'm going to say about four months or so into the relationship. Now, after that, he started to get a little more bold and told me that he wanted me to piss on him. Now, prior to this, he would make a joke and make it very apparent that it was a joke that, oh, yeah, like I like to watch you piss, but, you know, maybe one day when we're getting a shower together, you know, you could just you just piss on me then, but always followed it up with a laugh or and I'm just kidding until he wasn't. Now, in the master bathroom, which was attached to Lance's bedroom, the same bathroom that has the door with the hole in it and no doorknob, he had a corner tub 
that he had kind of converted into a spa. He put spa jets in it and it was this whole great setup. Now, his idea was for him to lay in this tub and have me straddle him and piss on him. Now, there's a couple problems with this. First of all, yes, I did it, but that fucking shit is cold. Like, you're talking about two naked people because, like, you have to be completely naked for this. Otherwise, it's just going to cause more cleanup. But just out of nowhere, you know, it's not like there's any, like, warm water or, like, a way to warm the tub itself. So it's already awkward and it's already kind of difficult to try to have him lay because his whole body is just on this cold tub and then like parts of my body are touching the cold tub. So it it almost instantly kind of makes things awkward. But if you're able to push through that, which I was, there is also the fact that you're surrounded by fucking mirrors. So again, this was a corner tub on either wall surrounding it was a mirror. And then behind me was like the actual mirror above the bathroom sink. So I had one direction I could turn my head, which would have been really awkward, almost like I was intentionally looking away from him in order for me not to be staring at myself in shame while pissing on a grown man. Now, I won't dramatize this and say it happened all the time or it even happened weekly or monthly. It was an occasional thing and there had to be a certain mood. There had to be almost like this heightened sense of horniness that we were both on the same level as. And it's almost like wanting to take that dial and turn it up just a little bit more to see how far you can push it and just be like, hey, listen, like, let's get in the spa tonight, which was kind of like almost a code of where we knew it was going. And I was able to open up my mind. I mean, it was always out of my comfort zone, 100%. But At that point, it was still bearable to do on occasion. Now, almost immediately after he realized that he could get me to do what he said as far as pissing on him and that that worked, we almost immediately went into the whole phase of, okay, well, now I want to watch you shit. And that really was a pretty hard limit for me. Like, I just, I, I could not get in the headspace to really allow that to happen. Now, I do think there were like one or two times over two and a half years where I would have been just like so fucking drunk that I didn't have it in me to even argue it. So it ended up happening kind of by default. But he didn't really want to take no for an answer. I mean, most times I like if I knew that I had to shit, I would wait until like he would leave to go to work or do something or whatever or I would wait until I was at work or hell I made trips to the store that I didn't need to make just so that I could use a fucking public bathroom it got very unhealthy and I got to a point that I would get so nervous if we say had a weekend together where we were just constantly around each other. I would get so worried and I would even like eat less in hopes that I could like hold off for an entire weekend. But in all seriousness, it got to a point where it started to physically affect me. And because I would try to suppress the urge to go to the bathroom so often, I ended up getting like pretty much chronic constipation from it, which sounds funny, but it was painful. Like my stomach was always in such pain, like this just sharp, can't move pain because of what was going on. And it all was stemmed from this psychological fear of having to shit because somebody wanted to stick their head between my legs while I did it. And it really became a problem. So I had approached him. I had tried to talk to him about this. He didn't really seem to care. Um, He was like, you know, it's not a big deal. I like it. So, you know, what's the problem, basically? And then he would offer to go get, you know, laxatives or stool softeners or whatever. And I'm like, no, that's not 
that that's going to make it worse because then I'm not going to have a choice and you're just going to barge in the bathroom and expect me to fucking put on a show for you, which he never denied. So he really wasn't getting the issue that this is something I was legitimately extremely uncomfortable with and him trying to force it upon me was affecting me medically, like literally medically fucking me up. So there were also days where I felt extra generous, I guess. And we came to this sort of kind of solution or middle ground that since I refused to shit in front of him, that he would accept videos of it in lieu of it actually happening in front of him on the condition that I agree to one day be so open-minded as to shit in front of his fucking face. To avoid an argument, to avoid a fight, to avoid an awkward couple of days or weeks or however long he would pout about this, I agreed to this. And the amount of times that I had to remember to pull out my phone to take a video of me pissing or shitting or whatever and send to him so that he wouldn't get upset was astronomical. And it was kind of a weird relief, but also a little humorous since I was out of the situation. After we broke up for good, I went through my phone and I tried to delete every single picture or video that had anything to do with him just to really purge him from my life. And the amount of videos where like the actual thumbnail was just like my vagina or my ass or whatever and you could clearly see like there was a toilet there, I would just cringe and just fucking delete it because a lot of videos I would check. Like there were some videos that I had from when I did porn that were like masturbation videos or whatever and I was like, hey, like I'll keep on to these and, you know, maybe recycle them if there's some, you know, Tinder guy that pops up or whatever. And certain videos, I'm just like, yep, nope, I don't even need to hit play. I know what this is and this is going in the trash can. And I really didn't have a firm grasp on how many videos this motherfucker had me take for him until I actually went through and started deleting them. Like, it was insane. And at the time, it, it, it was at least more comfortable because I was in control. But still looking back, it was control. Like it, it was, well, you don't want to do what I say in category A, so now you have to do what I say in category B on the agreement that you will eventually do A. Like it, it still was all control. And again, I'm not one to kink shame, but forcing someone to be uncomfortable in order to get what you want and refusing to give them attention or positive attention or just being a miserable asshole to somebody because they won't shit in front of you. It's just unacceptable. And it's such a fucking, it's, it's mentally abusive. And again, I don't want to make this like a a dark, depressing place, but I do just need to take this time to say, because I was silenced for, for years and my sexuality, my kinks, My desires were always put out there by him and publicized by him. And he would have no problem walking up to a perfect stranger and being like, hey, guess what? She likes choked and spanked in bed. But if I were to say anything to anyone about his fetish, I was a terrible human being because he had this quote unquote image to uphold, which I don't even know where that really came from. I don't know why he thinks he's as special as he thinks he is. But although this is an anonymous person as far as this podcast is concerned, and even though my name was drug into things and he had no problem exposing absolutely everything about me sexually by name, and I can't do that and I won't do that, there is a little bit of liberation and being able to tell my side of the story and expose the fact that this does happen and that it's not okay and that it is 100% abuse. You know, you might not be beating someone up. You may not be, you know, threatening their life, 
But I, if you are scared that someone is going to treat you poorly based on what you are doing when they are in the bathroom with you, you are in an abusive relationship. That is fucked. And this is where things really kind of took a turn and I realized there was no way I was getting out of this anytime soon as long as I was with him. There was a day, I think it was a Saturday. It was either a Saturday or Sunday. It was definitely a weekend. And it was just the two of us. We were kind of hanging out at home. We had a few errands to run. But I was in so much pain from this constipation and the anxiety and everything. Like I was pretty much down and out for the day. And he was really confused as to why. The thing was, we were having a really good day. And I didn't want to ruin it by being like, oh, well, guess what? I've really had to shit all week, but I've held it in so that I don't have to have your head between my legs while I do it. And now I'm in excruciating pain because it's just you know, stuck in my body. And I just kind of him hawed around it for a little while. And then I eventually told him like, yeah, I'm just I'm constipated. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like really dehydrated. I'm not sure. And he decided that it would be a good idea because I was in so much pain and he wanted to help me to go get suppositories. And for whatever reason, there was always this weird thing about first in our relationship, like doing things together that we hadn't done with anyone else. I don't, it just kind of became like a trend in our relationship. So because of this, he asked me if anyone had ever put a suppository in me before. And I said, no, I actually had never even had a suppository in my ass ever at all. And this just excited him to hell and back. But because this was a first, he needed a story to go along with it too. Now, about a half mile-ish down the road from where we lived, there was this church, but there was never anyone at the church. Like, It was always empty. He decided we should take a drive down and he wanted to put the suppository in my ass in the car sitting in a church parking lot, which I still don't really fully understand. But like, hey, at least he had a story to go with it, I guess. But the problem, again, was that I had never experienced this before. So I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what it was going to feel like like as far as going in or the effects of it. Now, I mean, I've had stuff in my ass before. Like I've had dicks in my ass. So it wasn't like there was any kind of nerves about that. It was just like, all right, how quickly is this going to work? Is it going to work? I I had a lot of questions that I didn't have any answers to. But what I can say is it took, I don't know, maybe two minutes to drive home. And in that time, I'm like, oh my God, no, 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 no. Like, I have to shit like right now. And he's like, no, it it takes longer than that. Like, you're just, you're feeling the suppository itself and it's making you think that. And I'm like, no, like, I need, like, I have to go to the bathroom. And he made me wait. We had like an island in the kitchen with little like, um, like breakfast bar stools. He made me sit there like I was in fucking timeout for I think it was 10 minutes. I think that's what like the direction said was that it's like effective in as little as 10 minutes or something along those lines. So I was not allowed to go to the bathroom until he he even set a timer until the timer went off because his fear was I would go to the bathroom, I would push out the suppository And then it wouldn't work and he wouldn't get to watch me shit. So I very reluctantly agreed to wait until the timer went off because I figured that way we would just get this over with because if it doesn't work and I do just push out this fucking suppository that hasn't melted or absorbed or whatever the fuck it does, then I'm going to have to go through this all over again. I just, I wanted to get it over with. So I waited it out. It was horrible. But the timer eventually did go off and I was allowed to go to the bathroom, which he chased behind me like a kid fucking chasing an ice cream truck. It was insane. But at that point, like I didn't care. I needed to get whatever was trying to come out of my body out. 
So we go in the bathroom and nothing, nothing happens. Like I, I feel like I have to go to the bathroom, but like nothing is actually like coming out. And that's when I realized like the amount of damage that was actually going on and how severe this constipation, this anxiety, all these things were. And I actually, it was weird timing because at this point at my former employers, like there was a lot of stressful stuff going on there. There was a lot of stressful stuff going on with my other ex and legally. And then also this crazy fetish was just adding more onto it. So I did end up going to my doctor and being treated for the anxiety and everything. But there was still this physical problem going on that nothing seemed to help. And that's where I realized, like, I I really need to kind of have a sit down with him and explain what's going on. Tried to do that. It didn't help. He just kept trying to throw laxatives and suppositories at me. But at the end of the day, this whole master plan that he had, uh, it failed, which now looking back kind of makes me giggle a little bit that karma came around at least somewhat for him, that this would have been the perfect opportunity for him to get what he wanted because at that point, I just, I didn't care. I didn't care who was in the bathroom. I didn't care if a fucking marching band came through. I I did not give a shit. So that would have been perfect for him. But unfortunately, he, he missed out. So that really was probably the peak of everything and where things got to a point where he started to realize like this just isn't going to happen. Not that that stopped him from trying to guilt me into it, but that was probably one of the craziest experiences in my life that somehow was made sexual even though there was nothing actually sexual about it. Now there are so many stories that tie into both his fetish and mine and I I kind of only briefly touched on mine just because it is kind of like a mainstream fetish now, especially with things like Fifty Shades and 365 Days. It's almost like trendy to want to be like tied up and beaten. But I I was on that train before I left the station. So I'm more than willing to do a part two and get more into the specific experiences with that. But I think kind of more of the shocking stories that I have came from Lance's fetishes which again, there are probably a dozen more stories I can tell, but I don't want to drag on and on and on for one episode and drive you absolutely crazy. So I will end this with one final story that I learned a valuable lesson from. So there was a Friday night. It was late spring, one of the years we were together, and it it was very close to summer, so it was really warm out. We went out for dinner, we had some drinks and we discovered this new restaurant that ended up being like one of our absolute favorites. It was a really, really great night. And I had been stressed for a while because of, like I said, work and legal stuff going on that Lance was like, listen, I'll drive. You drink as much as you fucking want. I won't drink a drop. I'll be the DD because this was, again, a Friday night in the springtime we went to a college city like we were bound to come across at least one or two cops that night so he was dd i was downing rum and cokes i was downing fish bowls bacardi buckets like i was trashed but it was still a really good night and we're on our way home we're sitting at a red light at an intersection and all is calm he didn't you know run the red light. We weren't speeding. Like Nothing crazy was going on. But as soon as the light turned green and we went through the intersection, there are flashing lights behind us. And again, I'm drunk, but I wasn't so drunk to not realize like nothing happened. Like there was no reason for us to be getting pulled over. So the cop comes over and first of all, thinks that Lance is drunk because the entire car just reeks of liquor like it's pouring out of the windows he can smell it standing across the street and he insists on breathalyzing lance and once the breathalyzer came back with all zeros he was really cool and you know he was 
grateful and praising Lance for being a DD and totally understood that I was just the drunk one. Which I think he was almost amused by because I was like falling over in my seat. So he goes on to explain to me, he comes on my side, he comes on the passenger side and I put down the window because we explained to him like it's my car once he was given the registration. He's like, listen, um, your registration is suspended. I'm like, what the, f- what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, your registration is suspended for not having insurance. And I'm like, no. No, I do. Like, it comes out of my account every month. I 100% have insurance. Let me grab my card. Well, we were in the month where my policy had renewed. And the insurance card I had in my car had just expired, like, days prior. And I had never put the new card into my car. I'm like, shit. Like, you got to be kidding me. I'm trying to pull up the app for my insurance company to get a card. It's not working. I'm like, listen, I swear to God I have insurance. Like, can you just wait? Like, can I call them? If I call the insurance company and they tell you I have it, like, is that good? Or like, if I have them email me a copy of the card and he's like, well, I have to see it. So if you can call customer service and have them email you a copy of the card, like you're like, I'll let you go. You're fine. Just call, call the, uh, the DMV on Monday and get it straightened out. So I call the insurance company. They're, you know, verbally verifying that I have the insurance. They're supposed to send me an email. And the cop is like, okay, cool. Like when I see this email, you're good to go. We wait. It was supposed to be sending while this representative was still on the phone with me. We waited a good like five minutes or so and nothing is coming through. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I call back again and I'm like, listen, this was supposed to be emailed to me. It wasn't like I literally have a police officer right next to me who does not believe I have insurance. And they ended up, you know, verifying that everything was active. They like recited the policy number, all this shit, and said that they would send another email. And at that point, I think because I had spoken to two people, because he had heard all these details, like... He just felt bad at that point. It was like, all right, like, you're fine. It's whatever. And he let us go. Now, on the drive home, I instantly have all of this alcohol and not just the alcohol, but all of this liquid that I had taken into my body hit me at once. And I have to piss in the worst way. And I was like, listen, we just passed a gas station. Can you please turn around and go back to the gas station so that like I can piss? And Lance didn't want to do this because we would then be passing right past the cop and he was worried if I got out of the car and tried to go into the gas station and was like stumbling around that I could get in trouble for being like publicly intoxicated. And he wanted to, you know, try to find somewhere where it seemed like more quiet, there weren't cops around, that we could be a little more discreet about my intoxication. And I insist, I'm like, I need you to pull over right now. Like, no, there's no waiting. Luckily, I had, for whatever reason, a cup in my car, like a 7-Eleven cup that I had like soda or tea or something in like earlier that day. I dump it out and I squat, I put my seat all the way back and I squat in the car over this fucking like big gulp cup and piss into it to finally get this relief so I don't like piss all over the car seat and he was so fucking turned on I mean like we dumped the piss out and you know then went home but this was almost equivalent to me shitting out the vibrator actually it was almost more intense than me shitting out the vibrator because this was semi like intentional like I knew what I was doing it wasn't an emergency situation where I didn't have any other choice and I think that's what turned him on so much but we ended up going home we had some you know restraint setups and we had really hot sex and it was great and it it wasn't it was almost hot Again, because of the reaction, it's not that I was turned on by pissing in front of him, but because I was in control and it was something I chose to do, not to appease his fetish, but simply because like I had to piss, but it just so happened to turn him on, like it, it really did work out. And I think that's the only 
positive experience that we had together where we both were cool with what was going on, but it was top notch. On to what I learned. If you are going out drinking, just keep a fucking gas station cup in your car because you never know. And there are so many times since then where I've been in my car and I've been like stuck in traffic or, you know, I'm even somewhere like rural, but like I have to drive multiple miles to get to a bathroom where I'm like, you know what? I wish I had that fucking cup from that fucking night where I drank the fish bowls. Now, like I said, I didn't really get to get too in-depth into my fetish and the BDSM world or other fetishes that people don't really know about that aren't too mainstream. So I really do think there will be a part two to this to kind of get into things outside of just Afro. If there are specific fetishes you want to hear about, let me know. I'm more than happy to talk about this subject. There is also a show on Hulu called Slut Ever kind of like whatever, but slut instead of what. And there are quite a few fetishes and kinks that she gets into on there that I didn't know about. There are furry fetishes where people are aroused by dressing up as different like characters in like full costume. There are horse fetishes where you like literally dress up and are saddled like a horse. Dog impersonation, all kinds of things. So definitely check it out if that's something you're interested in. There, There's a lot of information on there, but it's delivered in a very lighthearted way. So it's a really great show. Like I said, if there's anything specific you want to hear about, let me know and stay tuned for part two.